Hello and welcome to episode 2 of Dream Slayer's RPG podcast, actual play of Christopher Gray's great American novel, Devil's Canyon, The Seance. Just a little forewarning on this episode, I ran into a little sound difficulty early on in the podcast, but that got ironed out pretty quickly, so that annoyance should dissipate rather quickly about five minutes into the episode. We last left our heroes in Buck's Tavern after having convinced Bill to allow them access to his spot on the hill at Ghost Ranch to have a little get-together away from the prying eyes of the Coyote Gang. Little does Bill know, though, that the evening has more in store for him than a simple picnic with a ragtag bunch of strangers. This podcast is produced by Speak and Tell Studios in Evansville, Indiana, and we thank them for their assistance in getting our little production out to the masses. Be sure and hit that subscribe button for all of the upcoming adventures from Dreamslayer Studios. Let's see how that seance goes, shall we? Well, where we had left it last time was the group had approached Bill to potentially utilize uh, the place that he's squatting to a little saints. And we had kind of left it there at Buck's Tavern. And for the record, Julius, I misspoke, I think, during our last session. And I think that I was saying that it was Zeke that was the bartender. It's actually Buck. So we'll get that straightened up right now so that we know whose tavern it is that we are actually going to when we uh, when we decide to drink. At this point, um, Dana, I think you had created a special passageway for mm-hmm. us through yes, the cave that's behind... Mm-hmm behind the blacksmiths to be able to get up to Bill's not with Bill because he's got to be able to get his horse back up there and he certainly can't take the horse through the cave so Bill you're going to have to have to take him uh, does your horse have a name? Uh, probably yeah Um. (laughs) his name your horse's name is probably Clyde Probably. <laughs> but he was riding probably through the Clyde. desert on a horse with no name. I, you know, I call him probably for short. <laughs> actually, actually, that would make a pretty decent racehorse name. Probably Clyde. <laughs> Who's going to win? Probably Clyde. Probably Clyde. <laughs> Four links. So I think we probably ought to start with old Bill. And you guys have got several hours before you would actually have to head into the cave to visit with bill tonight you were talking about having the actual seance probably at midnight if i remember correctly is that right christy right yep okay so i would assume you would probably want to head that way somewhere around 10 o'clock or so is that is that what you guys were thinking or were you wanting to go later earlier well we were supposed to be going for dinner right yeah like a picnic <laughs> Oh, yeah. I think okay. that promises. I don't think we're talking about seance. So, yet, little, you know, I think so just, just right, right after dark. Probably like eight or nine, I think. Okay. Okay. So, what time do you, okay. do you want to head up there? Around eight, eight o'clock? You might want it to supper, be. Then. Yeah. After dark, for sure, in case uh, eyes are watching and seeing large groups of people leaving town together, maybe. All right. You tell me. Just let well, me know they, what time you want to go up. Um, they'll probably not necessarily see you guys going into the Scooby-Doo cave. 
and they'll probably just focus on me riding out of town again, I would think. So let's, let's, let's you want to call it eight o'clock? And then Bill, <laughs> is there anything that you want to do still in town before you head back up? It's probably around 6 p.m. at this point. Um, not really. I, I just wanted to get the lay of the land and, and just kind of see what was going on and, and see if there was any, any other immediate trouble um, after the, the funeral. So I've, I've, I've got every, you know, with all my trips to the store, I've, I've got everything I've, I need right now. So I, I think really if, if everybody's getting ready to head up there, it would probably make sense for me to head back up, you know, on Clyde probably and uh, head up the road. Once you leave the tavern, you can see, you know, a lot of the people in town that are kind of heading into the tavern, into the gambling hall. There's a kind of a little cafe there on the main strip as well. And they're kind of heading towards dinner themselves at this time around six. And some of them just, you know, heading home, you know, to fix, fix dinner at home and so forth. And you hop on Clyde, start heading back towards the general store and it curves around so you've got two guys that are going to try to stop you here a little bit. It's uh, Ethan Wood, and I just happened to have printed these little guys out. So <laughs> this fellow right here. He looks mean. And Bush Watley. And they're also on horseback, and they kind of were just waiting around the corner there of the general store. And Ethan is the one that speaks up first, and he says, Hey, feller, hold it right there. Um, can I help you guys? You're uh, kind of new around these parts here, ain't you? Uh, I've been staying up the hill for a while now. Up the hill? Where? Whereabouts? Uh, not that it's any of your business, but up at the Ghost Ranch. Well, sir, <laughs> I'm afraid it is my business. So you don't actually live around here. You've just been staying up around that Ghost Ranch place. Well, I, I've been living there. Yes. What's your name? What's your name, boy? Uh, it's Bill. Bill what? No, it's a uh, Bill McLean. Bill McLean. Hmm. But you're not from the town, right? No. How long you been up there? Long enough to see what's going on. Oh, and what exactly is going on? You guys, uh, you guys friends with Roland. Roland Hazard? Uh, yeah. He's one of our boys. Well, if you need to know who I am, why don't you ask him? And if you don't mind, I'll be on my way back, back up to camp. Well, I think I might just do that. Safe travels now. Good night. And Good night. they let you go. A slow trot uh, up the road. Okay. They they let you pass, but they stay right where they are and just watch you go until you disappear over the hill. So we'll cut back to the rest of the crew back at the tavern. Is there anything that you all want to do before you make way to your own personal abodes to prepare to traverse the, the canyon or the cavern? Well, I think we should probably make a stop, but if we're going to have... Uh, off, we offer dinner to folks. Uh, do we arrange who would make the dinner? 
where they would make what the, where the dinner would be made. I can't remember. I kind of feel like you were volunteering that, but uh. <laughs> well, um, is there a is there a is there any kind of fine restaurant in town that we could go to that we could get sort of a takeout order from? Fine restaurant, probably not, but uh, there is kind of a mom and pop cafe that's on the main strip there and at Buck's Tavern. He does serve food there as well. Okay, well, maybe with a, a, you know, a stop at the general store and <laughs> com combined with like sort of a takeout order from Buck's Tavern, uh, we can put a little, I think we promised some wine, so we'll pick some of that up too. Maybe just buy it at Buck's Tavern. We could, I think, assemble a couple picnic baskets to take up there before we go. I'd say that needs to get done. So you take a, take a little while to put that together. Is that going to be you and Lillian or uh, Lillian, did you have anything that you needed to do before heading up there? Um, I, I do need to go back to the hotel where I think I'm being put up to get my things. Um, <laughs> you know, I have a kit that I travel with and if, did you say that the general store is one of the places in town that has a telegraph? It does, yes, but it can only be used at certain hours of the day. And I believe you have missed that mark for the day. I got to look and see exactly what times those are. But if something did come for me, it, I would find out whenever I happened to go to the general store, I suppose. So I don't mind accompanying Julius to help pick up things is all I'm mm -hmm. Yes, if the Crimson and Coyote gang have not confiscated said telegram, yes, uh, you could check there for any messages that, that you might have. I'd be happy to go accompany you there as well, uh, you know, to, to check as well. And I also have to grab my tazimeter back at the hotel, so... Yeah, it looks like uh, between 10 and 11 a.m. and 4 and 5 p.m. is when messages can be sent out. But they are all reviewed by Evelyn Tread uh, Evelina Treadway, one of the members of the Coyote Gang, just to make sure that uh, certain messages are not being sent out. So, yeah, you guys are welcome to head up that way. Um, what about Elias and Miss Tipple? Uh, Miss Tipple, do you plan on staying and having another drink, or do you need to retire before we head up the hill? Uh, I need to head back to my room. I've got some letters to send. Oh, certainly, certainly. And I then we can meet back up here if you want. I would like that very much. I'm, I'm very uh, looking forward to the evening's festivities, whatever it is they may bring. Uh, I suppose I should probably change and polish my boots for a special occasion such as this. That's a great idea. I'll see you back here in an hour. Sure, sure. An hour will work great for me. Thank you, Miss Tipple. Uh, I'll see you then. Sure thing. She heads off to her room, which I'm assuming, I don't know if she's staying at the hotel or where else there would be rooms to let in this town. There's probably a few rooms to let in some of the individual houses there folks that are just trying to make a little bit of money on the side to kind of keep their house up and running uh if you would like to stay in one of those or if the hotel is easier for you that's fine too i think she probably stays at the hotel she probably has a, a room a regular room at the hotel okay and is there anything that you you were saying something about writing some letters 
Yes. So um, Ms. Tipple's going to go back to her room, and she's actually got some postcards that she likes to send back to her family in the East. So she's going to address a couple of postcards. They're on the other side is, I think, a photo of um, maybe Annie Oakley or something. Okay. Stuvenier postcards. Gotcha. So she's going to write the address to her to her family on there and take it to the post office. And um, there's not a whole lot of information written on there, though. She didn't really write letters. She just sends the postbox with the address on it. Okay. Doesn't write any notes. Okay. Elias, you were going back to your place first, correct? Yes. As you are approaching the front porch there of, uh, of your shop, I imagine you probably live up above, mm -hmm. you see Augustus O'Malley, Doc O'Malley, mm -hmm. uh, sitting on your porch on a little stool out front, and he's got a bandana uh, over his face and he's kind of gently kind of <coughs> coughing a little bit as you approach and as he sees you coming up he kind of holds his hand up uh, to, to stop you where you are he says <coughs> don't get too close Elias doctor where have you been uh, well I had to travel on uh, up the road, just a piece to the mining community. <coughs> there have been a few folks that have come into town with a little bit of a dry cough. As you can see, I believe I might have caught it myself. <coughs> well, doctor, is there anything I can do for you? Well, I su suppose that's why I'm here, Elias. <clears throat> it's, if I'm being honest with you, it's more than just a, a little dry cough. I'm, I'm afraid there's been an outbreak of cholera at the mining community. And since I myself have found myself taken under by this affliction, you know I don't have anyone here to look after the folks here in town. Yes. You know what? You know where I'm going with this now, don't you? <clears throat> Well, doctor, you have to get better. There's nobody else in this town that can help the folks like you. Uh, no, nobody but you. Uh, I, know, I know you're not a physician, but you have assisted me on many occasions any time that, <coughs> that I have needed you. And you know enough about the human body to be able to get things going along while I'm gone. But it's not safe for me to be here. And I need you to make sure that nobody comes into the, the mining community. Okay. We need to be quarantined for the time being until I can get this under control. Well, for how long? Well, however long it takes, Elias. I mean, I, I suppose I can try. I mean, Doctor, the only bodies I can really deal with are already beyond help. I mean... Yeah, I understand that, but you, you have helped me treat wounds. I you have. have helped me with amputations. Yes. And you know your way around my shop. You know where I keep my medications. There's a book in there, and if 
there's anything that you don't understand, then you look in that book and you do your best. You do your level best. You hear me? I, I can do that. Well, but, where, where are you going? Well, I have to get back to the community. There's too many sick down there and I have to take care of them. Yeah, and I have to take care of myself. Yes, that's what I'm most concerned about. I, Is it going to make you worse if you're around them? Well, it sure ain't going to make me any better if I stay here. And it's not going to make any of those people any better if I stay here. They've got nobody down there that can take care of them. And they are technically a part of our community. Yes, I suppose so. Well, Doctor, is there anything else that I can do? Well, just just do your level best. Okay. And if if you need anything, leave me a note tacked up against the post down there at the entrance of the mining community. And I okay. will check it three times a day, in the morning, at noon, and at dusk. Okay. And I will do my best to get word to you. Okay. It's cholera. Is that something cats can catch? <laughs> no, Elias. Okay, because there's a lot of strays in this town, and you, well, you know, you can never be too careful. You need not be worried about the the stray pussies. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, doctor. There's been too much. No, no, it's all right. I'm gonna be fine. You just you just hold down the fort while I'm gone. Okay. Doctor, please, when you're checking the post, leave a message for me too. Let me know how you're doing. I'll do that, sir. I'll 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 keep a daily record. You you'll have one at dusk. Thank you. Is there anything else I can do for you now or no, would you like to come that, in? That's not a good idea, sir. Not a good yeah. idea. I, I don't want to get you sick. I suppose not. That wouldn't do anyone any good. No, no, it wouldn't. Oh, just when yeah. you think. I'm sorry. I just That's don't know right. what to say. That's all right. Nothing to say. Just get on about your business. All right, doctor. You, you take care now. You here? Yeah, I, I will do my my best. Anything that now that you've had this conversation, anything that you want to do before you meet up with Tipple? Uh, I'm going to go inside and process this for a minute and <laughs> clean up a little bit. And uh, I'm going to head over to the doctors and uh, just sort of look around, look for the book and kind of familiarize myself and see what mm -hmm. kind of things there are over there. Yep. He's got a uh, three inch thick medical book there with just about every ailment you can think of and the treatments for for each so if someone does come to you you'll have at least a guide that you can go through to try to assist them okay okay i'm just gonna sit in that uh sit in the room for about 10 minutes and just kind of try and let it all wash over me and take it in okay lillian and julius you all are able to get up to the general store pick up whatever goods that you feel like you need for your little picnic and uh anything else that you want to do while you are there well i'd just like to uh freshen up a little bit uh may perhaps change my suit probably um <laughs> you know i've been wearing it all day i like to wear a fresh suit for the evening's activities so 
uh, and I do, do check some of the settings on the Tazimeter and make sure that they are correct for, because I like to, to, to take the portable Tazimeter and give it a go tonight if we can get this going. Now, I take it that that stores energy. Yes, it stores energy for the sun. So I've had it sort of on the kind of, bal uh, not the balcony, the little uh, windowsill uh, absorbing a lot of the sun's energy. You might remember that I put it out there earlier uh, mm -hmm. during the funeral. So it's, um, it's there absorbing the sun. It's been there absorbing the sun's energy, you know, all day. And so it should store up enough energy to be able to use. Here's what it looks like uh, just for anybody that would like to see. Uh, that's what we'll be carrying with me. And then we'll put that to, we'll put it to use tonight, I hope. Okay. And Lillian, anything else you need to take care of before you head up to the cave? Um, I've, I've, <clears throat> I'm going to dart over to my room and pick up my, my little bag. It's, it's, it's pretty, maybe the size compact, you know, a little, little velvet pouch um, <laughs> for the journey. And before I leave the general store, I'll check to see if there happens to be a telegram for me. Is there anything particular you're looking for? Um, I'm hopeful for, for some comforting word from California, from a friend of mine, um, or no telegram at all would also be okay. Mm -hmm. Any particular person that you're hoping Just to hear a, from? A close um, woman friend. Okay. Then I tell you what, if you would like to create a conflict, uh, you may do so. Uh, and we will see if there is anything there for you. Uh, to create a conflict, you can spend a plot point, or I can make one for you. If I make one for you and you fail, then it may not be something that you really want to hear. But if you create the conflict, you have narrative control over the outcome. Now, if it's a negative outcome, if you don't succeed, then you could make it as simple as you didn't receive a letter. Right. Uh, but um, making the conflict. You're comfortable with me making it? Sure. Okay, sure. All right. So you now have a conflict on the table, uh, which is a letter from home. And what you'll need to do then is, let's see what we would roll for that. Do you need a little bit of story for this? To know what um, outcomes might point to? Um, no, I don't think so. I think I think we're gonna roll satiate for that uh, because you're you're wanting to take care of a need. Uh, so you'll roll your two dice and then let me know what you get. Reinor mechanics, mechanics, yay! <laughs> I got a three and a one. A three and a one. So you got a total of four. So that is actually a failure. Hmm. Okay. Um. So that means the conflict is not resolved and is still in play. So you're, you will still be waiting for some word from home uh, that, that hopefully might be a little positive, but there is a letter there for you. And it is unsigned, so from an unknown sender. <laughs> That's like most of the messages I receive. It says, beware. Be on the lookout. They're after you. Okay. And and that is that is the message. 
All right. That's distressing. Um, <laughs> that's I, I what I was tell, going for. I, so can tell, I think we're together. I can tell you're distressed. Is everything okay? Um, not really. Uh, it's, I think, you know, you know, Julius, I've been looking over my shoulder um, and, and running from my past. And I think it's coming to, to find me. Find, coming to find you here in this godforsaken place? Who could possibly find you here? There, there are powerful people back in California who are, have been searching for me. And I'm afraid this is bad news. Um, my, my friend has sent me a message. So she's heard something of the, the progress of this man that who's been set to, to find me and bring me to accounts. So I can only hope that, you know, maybe with the help of the Tazimeter and the power it might unleash and the, the forces from the spirit world who might guide me uh, to safety, that, that I'll be able to escape this. Otherwise, mm -hmm. I don't know what will, what will become of me, trapped as we are here by the gang. No, we will figure this out together. Uh, I'm here to help you. You just, uh, we'll figure this out together. No need to worry. Okay, I'm still worried. Okay. I think our experiments will be very successful. I have confidence. Thank you. All right, so we'll let time pass just a little bit after that scene. And it's approaching probably 7.30 at this point. So this would maybe be a good time for the foursome to convene at the cave. Oh, yeah. So Bill, I mean, Bill's already up there, right? He's already, he's not in sight. He, we're, That's we're correct. We're just going yeah. there ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, okay, so... Uh, so I know you're taking the tazimeter with you. Yeah, and uh, I asked for help with the food because it's, you know, I know mm -hmm. Lillian's got a basket and there are a couple more baskets we have along with mm -hmm. wine. So, you know, if we mm -hmm. could all distribute that and uh, kind of carry it through the cave ourselves, you know, ourselves, that would be good. And just let me know what all you are taking with you. So you've got food, you've got the tazimeter. Is anybody else taking anything with them? Wine. Uh, yeah. I brought two lanterns. So we okay. Can see. That's an excellent idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we have a blanket uh, as well as plates and forks and knives and various cutlery and napkins. I mean, this is going to be a very civilized picnic. I've brought a few little bottles. I've brought uh, the means to make a fire. I've brought a blanket you know, for the, t the table or, or the, you know, the picnic, wherever. <laughs> um, and my, my runes, my, my letters to make messages. You said runes? Yeah, that may not be the right word. I, I brought little, um, like for, for um, channeling the messages from the spirit world, like to make mm -hmm. words. I was really hoping for a crystal ball. <laughs> Do you want to we... <laughs> <laughs> you want me to have one? Oh, no, no. You, you bring whatever you want. No, I, that, I just, when I was thinking about this, I was like, oh, Christy's got to bring a crystal ball. 
<laughs> no, what you have to understand, narrator, is that that's people's conception of reaching the spirit. Oh, I know. But, uh, oh, I things know. <laughs> don't actually work like that in reality. <laughs> Thank you, Julius. You're welcome. <laughs> Elias, what are you bringing? Uh, I did not know I was supposed to bring something. I was invited, and uh, all I brought was this small bottle of alcohol. I apologize. I would like to help carry some of this stuff. <laughs> I, I do not get invited to things very often. Mm -hmm. That's all right. So you, uh, you Julius, and, and Lillian help distribute the stuff so it's evenly distributed between the other folks so everybody is carrying kind of the equal amount so no one's overweighted with anything. And uh, you show up at the cave at about 7.30 or so, and it's a small opening but not so small that you have to crawl to get in there, but you do have to crouch down to kind of get into the mouth of the cave here. Very few people probably really know that it's here. You know, folks maybe that have been in town for quite a long time are probably familiar with it, but uh, since it's on the property that is owned by the blacksmith, he kind of, you know, protects it, you know, and, and, and keeps it to himself. But you're able to get in without, you know, any interruption. Uh, once you get in uh, and the lanterns are lit, it's tight in there, uh, but you've got enough headroom to be able to stand up in most places. Uh, every once in a while, you have to kind of crouch it down a little bit to get under the stalagmites and so forth, you know, not to bump your head and so forth. But it is dark and damp, and off in the distance, you do hear a little bit of a trickle of water. Miss Tipple, have you traversed this terrain before? You, you seem to have known about it prior to tonight. Oh, I found it quite by accident, actually. But you have been in here before, you think? Yes. So you kind of by default probably will have to take the lead as the guide uh, to get everybody through. And it's twisty and turny, but in a way that really is kind of a stretch difficult to, or not going to be easy to get lost in here. Uh, you you kind of know your way through to where you can get them where they need to go. And that trickle of water, and uh, there is a little creek that runs through this space that you'll have to probably go about knee deep to be able to traverse to the other side. Oh, that's um, horrible. <laughs> So if you take your shoes off and roll up your uh, your pants a little bit, you could probably get through without getting too, getting your clothes too wet. Uh, and you reach the other side. That's probably about, um, we'll say maybe about 20 feet wide at this point. Ah, and Lillian has a tiny switchblade. Thanks for adding that. So... Once you get to the other side, you continue through, and you definitely feel an incline at this point, kind of moving towards the inevitable exit from the cave. And um, you feel a little bit of a breeze kind of coming in, so you know you're getting a little bit closer. And as you are approaching that area, you are alerted to just a, a sound off in the distance. And, and it seems to be a bit of a low growl, kind of a uh, something like that. And it is up ahead. Did everyone hear that? 
You mean the ominous sound coming from somewhere into the darkness? Yes, yes, I absolutely heard it. What did that sound like to you all? Like a large cat or a wolf, perhaps? A wolf in a tunnel? Well, I mean, it could perhaps be at the entrance. I don't know where we are, Miss Tipple. We're nearly to the exit. It might be a bobcat. I don't know that that's any better than a wolf. Bobcat, a wolf. Well, aren't these creatures that run away from people? <laughs> you must be new to the West. <laughs> a bobcat, perhaps, unless this is where it lives. And then you really don't want to tangle with it. But a wolf, if there's one, there's likely more than one. And no, you will not run away from that. Or it will not run away from you. Mr. Do we have anything with which we could kill a wolf? Or... or shoo it away i suppose you could throw it a loaf of bread what about the lantern could we light a lantern and and if it comes throw a lantern at it you need the lantern scare it away just hold the lantern so or hold, the, Tipple, hold the lantern miss tipple reaches into her boot and pulls out a pistol now you, you didn't tell me you had a pistol <laughs> I know. Spend a plot, you want to spend a plot point and get that, uh, get that pistol in? Oh, oh, sure, I'll do it. Are you going to make me do that? Yeah, I'm going to yes. make you do that. Of course. <laughs> Take my plot point. I pulled out a pistol that I right. had hidden in my boot. Not a big one. Um, and I take it you maybe hand off your lantern to Julius then? Yes. Okay. In In that moment where you're handing that off to him and pulling the gun out of your boot julius you hold that lantern up just a little bit and just off in the distance maybe about 15 feet away or so you see a pair of glowing eyes well what kind of glowing can i make a perception check what kind of glowing eyes are these glowing eyes what are we talking about here they're green like green human glowing eyes or green something else glowing eyes Green something else. Yeah, you're getting a definite uh, reflection of light coming from from up ahead. Like so how far the it, eye distance from them each other? Is it like little mouse eyes or spider eyes or like <laughs> elephant eyes? Like how far uh, are they away from each other? Definitely spider. somewhere in between. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you have you have seen lantern light hit a cat. Uh, in the darkness, and and that's kind of what you see, uh, but it's a it's a bigger cat. It is a cat, then. Mm, that would be your best guess, ba based off of the the greenish um, hue that they're casting. Yes, uh, Miss Tipple, I think you are correct. I think that is some kind of cat, but not the little house cat. I think it's more along the bobcat line that we're looking at up ahead of us here and at that moment you hear a loud growl and bill if you are i imagine you're probably close enough to the cave where you actually hear that little growl coming from the cave um where where does the cave empty out um just like, behind am i aware of that exit like, do I know yeah. where that is? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just behind the Pueblo Church that you've been shacking up in. Okay. Um, well, I, I hear that, and I, I take a break from trying to tidy up my squatter's church home 
and um, my my gun belt's already still on, and so, so I'll just kind of step outside and, and check it out. And then back in the cave, what are you guys up to? I'm um, I'm making some calculations and trying to figure out whether I have the ability to scare away a cat. Mm -hmm. um, so as we've been coming through the cave, I, I <laughs> stepped back a few paces because I noticed a streak of um, phosphorus metal. And I always collect that because I can make a little fire happen during my seance. And I have some. Um, I could use it to create some sort of a, you know, a fearful, you know, blast of fire that might scare away the cat, but I am not sure I want to use it if somebody else is going to save us from the situation. So I'm, okay. I'm thinking through these options. And Miss Tipple, you can see that glowing pair of eyes up ahead. I'm trying to decide if my little pistol with probably one, maybe two shots in it can, if I can hit it in the cave, in the dark, from 15 feet away. I'm just not sure. So, after five, ready. What? After five whiskeys. <laughs> after five whiskeys. She's a little shaky. Maybe she sees five cats. <laughs> Probably feeling pretty confident, though. Probably so. <laughs> so, Lillian, you see Miss Tipple kind of waving her gun in the darkness there, trying to get a bead on this thing. Mm -hmm. um, so really it comes down to now you've got the two ladies that are trying to protect the men uh, and, and vying for who, who's going to be the first to actually make a move. So I'll leave it up to the two of you as to who decides that they want to confront this beast. Can you just tell me again, can we see the exit or the, the entrance? And can we see Bill? Do we know he's out there? No, uh -uh. no, okay. you can't see. You, you know that you're near the exit so he, because you he, can feel the breeze coming in. But, but yeah, you're not aware of his presence. So he probably heard a ruckus and came over, but we don't know he's out there yet. Correct. Lillian, I've got two shots in this pistol. If you think you can help me out here, I can sure use it. Distraction, maybe? You think that'll scare it away? If I can make a blast, is that likely to scare away a bobcat? I would think so. It's pretty riled up as it is. Although it could be, it could get spooked and run towards us. What if it's choleric? Uh, yeah, uh animals cannot actually get cholera. <laughs> Cats specifically, right? <laughs> yeah, cat, cats, cats cannot. Uh, I actually had a conversation about that earlier tonight. <laughs> Look, uh, you guys seem to be new to the West and to the wilds. Have you ever seen what a bobcat does to a man's body? I, I recommend that we simply go back, Miss Tipple. Either you take your shot or we turn around and we call this evening uh, a bust and we try again perhaps tomorrow. All right. Hold the lantern up. Hold it up before it moves. Bang. Are you taking a shot? 
I'll take a shot. Okay. All right. Uh, you are confronting a conflict, so you'll roll. We're gonna do. Uh, do you ha do you have an arc yet? I don't think that you do. Uh, you don't, I don't have know. a plus one arc. You mean my? You mean the ones that I chose, or have I been given? I don't know what you mean. I'm sorry. I I don't think you have an arc yet. I don't think I do. Okay, so what what you'll want to roll then is we're going to do satiate. Uh, because we're taking care of a need, which is to try to protect the others. Okay. Uh, we can't roll protect because you're not you're not rising yet, uh, so okay. you're still flat. So it's going to be satiate. Okay. And I don't and have any dice at the moment. Can someone roll some dice for me? I actually left <laughs> mine upstairs. I'm sorry. Alrighty, Mike has got it. Thank you, Mike. I got a pair of threes. Pair of threes. So that's a six, which is not a success. So you fire a blind shot in the darkness. And Bill, you definitely hear that uh, without a doubt. Uh, so your shot misses and the cat reacts to that by charging the group. And it's, it's coming straight for you guys now. Is it okay if I use my phosphorus trick? Yes, so you will now confront the conflict of the cougar, and you'll roll. Uh, you're not rising either yet, are you? Mm, no. I, well, I don't okay. know if I have an arc assigned at this point. Yeah, don't, I, I don't think anybody has at this point. So you're also going to roll to satiate. Ooh, six and three. Okay, so nine. So that is a success for you. That's a roll of seven plus, so I get to determine the outcome of this. So you take the lantern and throw the phosphorus over it, and this huge wall of fire and sparks spew forth towards the, towards the lunging cat, who it doesn't hit it, but it definitely catches its attention and it winces and, and flinches away and begins to retreat uh, from you guys running in the opposite direction. So you have resolved that conflict. And uh, let's see, do you get something for that? Let's see here. For Bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Miss Tipple, you yes. now receive a minus one arc. So you are, you are now falling. Lillian, you're going to receive a plus one arc. And you get a plot point for resolving the conflict. And Bill, yes. um, you hear the padding of footsteps coming directly towards you out of the mouth <laughs> of the cave. Um, um, something is coming real fast out of there. Well, after, after I heard the, the growl and then started heading toward the cave entrance and then heard the gunshot, um, I kind of crouch down and draw my gun and just kind of wait to see, <laughs> see what might be coming out of there. And I assume maybe I heard something from the phosphorus flash or saw yeah. some light. You definitely did and saw, and saw a flash of light coming from down um, in the cave, yes. So I'm 
kind of just wondering what the hell's going on <laughs> and um, <laughs> just just kind of crouch down and, and be prepared for whatever might come out of there. And you, like I said, you do hear the padding of footsteps coming very, very quickly towards you. It is definitely an animal uh, coming out of that cave without question. Okay. I, um, I cock my gun and, and take aim at the exit of the cave. Okay. And then eventually it's, it's kind of dark out, you know, it's dusk uh, and almost like fully night at this point. Uh, but you can see those glowing green eyes coming out of the cave. Uh, so you recognize that immediately as a cougar uh, that has taken up residence in this cave back behind you. All right. Um, I will go ahead and take a shot just based on kind of the commotion of earlier and go from there. Okay. Now, technically, this conflict has been resolved for the folks in the cave, but I would be willing to put that back out on the table uh, for you because it's kind of a new conflict for you. Yeah. Uh, so, so you may make that role. And again, I don't think you're rising or falling yet. No, I don't so think I've had arc opportunities yet. Uh, again, this is taking care of a need, um, which is basically protecting yourself. Right. From whatever this is coming out of there. Okay. Um, I got a seven. A got a seven? Yeah. Okay. So that is a, you have resolved that conflict now for yourself. And uh, I, I narrate that part of it. So you take, uh, take a shot at it and it hits the rock a rock right in front of the uh, of the beast that's coming out of there ricochets off and catches it right in its in its breast and it's blown backwards into the cave and you hear the roar uh, as, as it's hit and it falls and is breathing some dying breaths and it eventually succumbs uh, to to its death um I just kind of, you know, give it a little time to get away. And, um, you know, when I see that it's, it's fallen, I kind of ease my way into the entrance of the cave uh, with my gun drawn, you know, preparing for, for anything else that might be behind it or, um, you know, if it's not all the way dead. And start, start inching my way in there. Okay. And then uh, for those of you that were in the cave, you then hear that second shot coming from the mouth of the cave, uh, not too far up ahead. So you, you, you definitely hear that and you hear the growl of the cougar as, uh, as it is hit by the, uh, by the stray shot. Well, we, I mean, as we proceed, we say, don't, you know, hey, stop, don't shoot. We let them know so that people are here. Bill, you hear the uh, the voice of Julius uh, begging for you not to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Is that you, uh, uh, fancy fella? I can't remember your name. Yes, yes, it's me. It's me, Doctor Julius. I'm here uh, along with my friends. Uh, we're here for uh, our. We brought a little repast for the evening. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, we, we would it be okay if we proceeded out of this cave? Is it safe? Um, yeah, you should. Uh, you just you'll have to step over the cat there, but uh, yeah, come on up. Oh well, thank you for 
taking care of it, but what a poor creature it was. I guess it was at the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, and well, it, it's been it's it's been wandering around here. I've seen it, but this is the first trouble it's caused for me. So um, y'all should be okay from here on out. As you guys are moving in that direction, you in in the light of the lantern, you see that there, she has a small bed that she has created in there and there are three young uh cubs that are laying there jesus (laughs) well we can eat them with the meal tonight dr julius you find this funny (laughs) cat's a little stringy anyway doc i do well what do we do with these little little cute creatures? Well, this is the circle of life. I suppose if they're meant to survive, they'll survive. Unless you'd like to take one home and perhaps raise it as your own. <laughs> if you're speaking to me, absolutely not. Uh, well, you could try to raise a cougar as your own. Might make it a couple of weeks. That's well, a stupid idea, I know. I suppose we have no other option. We need to, I suppose, dispatch of all three? Or do you think that they would survive on their own? I think it's cruel to leave them on their own. How I old think are that they? would be the right how, thing. How old, how old would you say they are? Most likely about three or four weeks, probably. Yes, they won't survive on their own. We must kill them now. I um, get my gun out of my holster. Or one of my Poor guns. Christy. <laughs> And I, uh, I, hand it, I hand it to Dr. Julius and uh, welcome, me, welcome him to go ahead. To kill and take care oh. of it. Uh, well, is, does anyone else have another idea before we do this? Well, have you got a bucket of water? I don't mean another idea of how to kill them. I mean another idea of how we might not kill them. <laughs> Just strangle them. If you... <laughs> <laughs> okay well i suppose it must be done you're gonna hang them <laughs> i walk are you, are you sure Who, whose gun do i this is yours bill 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 this gun is yours yes you want me to yes, do sir. this i'm not even i you, i'm not even accustomed to using guns save your bullets i, I, I killed the big one well, I can do it, but it's your gun. You're a gunslinger or something, aren't you? I'm not used to these things. I've, 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 my gun has been slung this evening, sir. Um, my weapons they, are pencils and they're guns. They're not going anywhere. I did take a class on anatomy, so I suppose we did have to dissect things. I suppose it's not that different. Does anybody have a knife? Uh, I've got a knife. Well, may I borrow it, please? Thank you. I will handle the cats. Oh, fantastic. They're babies. They Bill, cannot hurt thank you. Thank you for your gun. Here's your gun. I've, I've spent enough time to know what can kill a man instantly. I assume it is the same for a cat. I'm going to go dispatch of the three cats. Okay. We'll make that a conflict for you. I'm going to roll for this. I'm going to screw this yeah. up. <laughs> All right. Um, I, don't, I don't have two dice, so I'm going to use an internet roll. Here we go. Okay. 
and once again, uh, that's going to fall under uh, satiate. Oh, and I, hey, guys, I am sorry. On your character sheet, you should have listings next to instinct, personality, and morality. Uh, if you have a number by that, you can always add, you will add whatever number that is to your role. Okay. And then if there's like a plus one for rising, if you are rising, you add another plus one in, in that particular attribute or a minus one if there's a minus one. Do you all see that on your papers? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I, I apologize for that. I kind of forgot about that, that aspect of it. Cool. And you'll let us know like which of those modifiers is applicable? Well, if you're rising and there's a plus one if rising, Oh, okay. And then gotcha. you're going to you're going to add that one. If okay. there's a minus one for falling, then you'll utilize that. If it's if <clears throat> any any time though, if you have like a one in say instinct and a one in morality, you will always add that regardless. But if if you have a one in say morality and a minus one if falling, then it just kind of cancels itself out. Does that make sense? Yeah, I gotcha. Okay. So, okay. Elias, you're going to roll satiate, which is uh, an instinct roll. Okay, so I got a plus one on that. First roll is a three. I have one die. Okay. One. <laughs> so I got a four plus one, so I got a five. All right, so you got a total of five. Does the, does the cub steal my knife? <laughs> Stabs you in the shit. You killed my mother. <laughs> the first cub, you bring the knife to its throat and you slice, uh, and it does not kill it. It starts to writhe in in horrible agony. Um, I I would like to um, sort of push Elias aside and just shoot the cubs. <laughs> like, like, he, uh, uh, Bill has trouble kind of watching the suffering at this point and kind of uh, snaps a little bit. Okay. And are you rising or falling yet? Uh, plus one rising. Okay. You're really not keeping anybody safe. This is probably making a moral stand. Uh, so that's going to be a morality role. Okay. Um, so morality, I've got a two and then a plus one when rising. So I guess that's okay. three all day. Mm -hmm. So I've got, I rolled a seven. So that's a seven plus three. Okay. So that's a 10. So you get to narrate the outcome of this. All right. Um, I just kind of, express some frustration, you know, like, God damn it. And kind of elbow Elias aside, you know, not, not hard enough to knock him down or anything, but just sort of just to, to get a clear shot and draw my gun and just pow, 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 and dispatch the cubs okay. accordingly. In this case, uh, Elias, uh, since, since you failed the role, you're going to receive a minus one arc Mark that. Bill, you receive a plus one arc, and you receive a plot point. All right. I apologize, Undertaker. I just couldn't 
I couldn't stand to see those cubs suffering. Um, I just thought I'd take care of it. I was trying to avoid that. Well, thank you. You did the right thing. I'm sorry that I failed you guys. I'm sorry that I wasn't able to. Thank you. Thank you for what you did. I do appreciate it. It's all right. I, I should have taken care of it to begin with. I've just already done plenty of killing, some killing tonight, and I was just hoping to avoid it. Well, I'm sorry if I ruined everybody's evening. And as I say that, I'm reloading my gun. <laughs> well, perhaps we could move to a more civilized place. Well, I, I don't know if it gets more civilized, but we can walk up, walk up to my spot. Thank you. And I just kind of walk, walk out of the cave and walk up toward the, the church, assuming that people will follow me. And does everybody do so? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So can you describe for us this, uh, what, what we're looking at here in terms of this church? This would have been something that was probably adapted into a church form. It looks more probably Mexican in appearance uh, because it is kind of more of a Pueblo style. It's run down and it is basically just one big room uh, where people would have gathered uh, mm -hmm. for a, a church service. And it's small. It's maybe about 20 feet uh, wide by perhaps 40 feet deep. Is there still a raised platform where the altar was? Yes, uh, there is. Mm -hmm. And Bill, you can uh, kind of describe how you have uh, adapted it to uh, a living quarters for yourself. Um, it's, it's not terribly different than it would have been if it were a church or, you know, when it was in its abandoned church state, um, you know, other than my few belongings, you know, there's a, a table with a, a little wash basin um, up against one wall. You can see my, my bedroll and, and what few clothes I have kind of rolled up and stashed away as I, I put them there when, when I knew company was coming. And um, beyond that, you know, there, there's some, you know, kind of worn wooden benches that served as pews and, and a little table that was probably the altar, you know, up towards the front. But beyond that, it's, it's just um, keeps most of the weather out, but it's, it's not much to look at otherwise. And there might have been some bits and pieces from the ranch that is uh, just off of the property of the church that you might have been able to have uh, scavenged that, you know, you could have certainly added, you know, to the ambience of the room. <laughs> Uh, but not much. I mean, it, it, that place had probably been abandoned for likely 20 or more years, probably. Yeah, I, you know, I've, I've kept it neat, but it, you know, it's, it's still an abandoned Pueblo church. Well, I guess we're here and, um, you know, it's not much, but you folks are welcome to make yourselves at home. Well, thank you very much, Bill. That, we really appreciate you. And well, sort of welcoming us into your place, uh, if we want to call it your place. It, is, it, is, it, it does have its beauty to it, the Spanish architecture, even though it is simple. Um, well, Lillian, do you think we should sort of set up here up on, I think this, we could set up the picnic right here up here on this uh, sort of wooden platform, don't you think? Sounds like a great idea. Does this place look suitable for your experiments? 
I know we're going to be doing the seance tonight, but as far as the tazimeter is concerned, does it seem like the sort of location that will do for you? Well, uh, the tazimeter can be used because it stores up energy in any location. So we could be anywhere for this set of experiments. The fact that we are up on a hill in a church, I think will make, will improve your possibility of connecting with the other world. Uh, for the true experiments of the larger tazimeter, I'll need to be in the sun during the day. But for this, we're looking at if we can use the energy that's already been harnessed in this to expand the possibilities of what you are able to achieve. So, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure if they know that there's a seance going on. So perhaps we shouldn't talk about that right now. Excuse me. Did, did you say seance, ma'am? A what? I thought we were having a picnic. Is that French? Oh, no, 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 no. She, she was probably, you know, thinking that, of course, if we had a picnic, we would uh, have some entertainment for the evening as well. And we might, uh, one of us might play a little music, or perhaps we would play a game together, or perhaps a seance, you know, something fun, just to lighten up the night a little bit, you know. But maybe that's later, and we can all decide that. But I think right now, we should all, we're famished and parched, and we should lay out the food and enjoy the wine. Well, all right. Perhaps we'll find more cats. <laughs> so I think we do that. We unpack all of our, our, our supplies and lay out the cloths on, the, on, the, on this sort of wooden altar up above in the front of the room and pour everyone their cups of wine, pour especially big cup of wine for Miss Tipple as much as she likes it. And, um, we enjoy our, we enjoy our dinner. Okay. You enjoy your dinner and partake of the, the libations. We'll say, you know, maybe about an hour or so. Uh, it takes you guys to get through the meal portion uh, of the evening as you're cleaning up and so forth. And you can decide how to move forward. The wine was a little off. I will have to say. <laughs> just a little bit not the best wine we've ever had i've ever had i think it's been on the shelf a, a bit too long in this overheated town yes i don't think they're able to keep it at the proper temperature mm. tasted fine to me lillian what do you what do you uh, does somebody have uh, an in can somebody does somebody have an instrument does somebody play music of any kind miss tipple no. do you do you sing bill Surely you know some prairie songs. Oh, uh, never was much of a musician, Elias. Uh, I think I'll leave that to somebody else. Oh, I don't, I don't sing, but I know some dirty jokes. Oh, sure. <laughs> it's better than nothing. <laughs> what does the sign on an out-of-business brothel say? I, I don't know, Miss Tipple. Feed it. Oh. <laughs> oh, very good. That's that's good. Okay, the jokes were fantastic. Let's uh, move on. <laughs> one more, one more, maybe one more, one more. Miss Tipple, do you, you I have, have another one? Lots more, but if it's if it's if it's too, if you're too sensitive, if it's going to damage your sensibilities, then I won't say it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, oh, let's do another one. Let's do another one. Please. With some bad wine. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Why did God give men penises? So they have to, pro pro to procreate with, probably. So they'd have at least one way to shut a woman up. <laughs> no? Tipple, you are no? really something. No? Is that one not good enough? I have a feeling Lillian's not going to like that one. I think I like the first one better. Well, this is all over. We're going to have to have some words. So perhaps, uh, you know, our friend Lillian here, as you may know, is a uh, works in a in a magic show. Is that is that correct, Lillian? I haven't. Uh, is that correct? Yes. Well, that's, right. that's right. Form. So maybe we could do a little. Uh, magic trick for the evening uh, you know seances from where i'm from are very popular and we were thinking possibly it would be fun for us to uh, enjoy a seance for a little entertainment in the evening maybe see if we can call up the dead a little bit here's from some voices from the from the other world the other side <laughs> what do you think about that uh, would you all be interested in doing that tonight um i'm a little, little leery of that but uh Oh, I assure you, it's perfectly innocent fun. We do it all the time. Very respectful, very tasteful. Do you really believe that you can speak with the dead? Yes, I do. Uh, it's just that I think there, there are a lot of dead folks that probably aren't too happy with me. Oh, I'd, I'd hate to think they're not happy with me. <laughs> Sometimes. Lillian, how, do, how does it work? Tell us about the process, please. Well, sometimes it's very comforting to hear from, from the spirit side, just as often as you um, might, might have misgivings. You can be comforted by connection from those on the other side. I, I would be game to try. Sure, why not? Well, once we've cleared away all of this food, if, if that hasn't happened already, I would just ask yeah. you all to gather around the table and maybe join hands. Yeah, just a moment, just a moment, Lillian. It's not quite start yet. And I take out the tazimeter and I just place it right in front of me on the table. I just like to make some adjustments here just to make sure all set. Are Thank you. you. Are, are you going to, you're going to try to activate the tazimeter at this point? Uh, yes, uh, because it, it, I am going to turn it on and it will radiate an energy throughout the room during this process to try to, looking for the right word to try to amplify the power of what mm -hmm. she's about ready to do. Okay. Now, do you feel like this is taking care of a need? Or are you trying to guide um, no, it's Lillian care through of, this? I don't think I'm trying to guide her. I think I am trying to take care of a need to do the research that I need to do. Gotcha. Okay. So we're going to make this a conflict for you. Uh, and that's the tazimeter, just to make sure that it's going to work properly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you're going to roll satiate, which is an instinct roll. Okay, and my instinct is, my instinct right now, I'm still, I'm not arcing, so my instinct is one. So I add one to the roll, right? Yep. Okay, I'm going to throw the two dice. I end up with a four and a three, plus the one is eight. Okay, so that's an eight, so that's a result of seven plus, so you did succeed. You'll receive a plus one arc and okay. a plot point. Okay. 
you're able to fire up the tasimeter. Tasimeter, tasimeter. Tasimeter, we'll call tasimeter. it. Tasimeter. Okay. How do you? Uh, how does that? Uh, does it? appear to do something does it emit a light or anything like that yes what you'll probably see is a um you'll it'll it'll have a slight hum and sort of it'll it, there'll be sort of an electrical blue uh in in part of it you'll see sort of blue electricity okay you know, those kinds of like <clears throat> from those kinds of devices at that time the blue electric <laughs> you know, sort of mm -hmm. sparkling electricity, but that's only what you see. The, the, the force of it, you should, you won't feel it, but it will be sort of like radiation penetrating the, the room. So the air permeating the room. kind of electrified somewhat. Yes. Okay. All right. So you guys, the, the hairs on your arms stand up just a little bit once, uh, once he activates this and, and that blue sparking is something that, that probably Elias and Bill uh, for sure uh, have maybe never seen before almost looks like magic. Yes. Doc, is that doing what it's supposed to do? Yes, it's doing precisely what it's supposed to do. What's, what's that? What, what is it doing exactly? It's called electricity. It's something that we have been, we believe that very soon we will be able to produce light like your lanterns but with this power this electricity and run it into your homes it's been something we've been working with for quite some time now is it dangerous yeah it would be dangerous if you touched if you see this if you touch this device right now yes it would be dangerous uh it would you would feel a shock or perhaps worse but we're going to use it uh simply to create the mood for the evening because the blue light does look fantastic, doesn't it? You can see your shadows uh, kind of dancing on the walls of the of the church behind you. So what do we do now? You all gather around, come close around the table, and hold hands. I've been lighting some um, some sticks that I that I gathered in California. You know, there's a a large Asian population in California, and from their neighborhood, I've received some resins that are infused on these sticks. So in, in conjunction with the wine and the, the glow of the tasimeter, I think we're creating quite an atmosphere with this. And um, I think I'll ask everyone to hold hands. I don't know about all this. Are you very reluctant to participate, Bill? Um, I'm pretty reluctant. This is pretty weird. Is this enough to create a conflict between you and Lillian? Um, I think it might be. Okay, so uh, we're going to need to convince Bill to participate. Uh, and that can either be Lillian or Julius, since you two are the ones that are working in tandem to try to make contact with the other side. I can try. You are both rising at this time, correct? Yes, Lillian and Julius. Okay. Yes. So this would be a, I think a befriend role, uh, which is a personality role. So y whoever decides to try to convince Bill is going to roll personality 
is there something is there a mechanic where you can help someone else out you know like kind of work together on something um technically no um basically one person makes the attempt if they fail then someone else may attempt to Ah. overcome the conflict okay perfect i can try well i think you should go for it lily um okay i got a four and a three and it's a seven and personality is two plus one rising wow okay so that's a ten Okay, that's good. So you have full narrative control here. Now, what you cannot do is you cannot say how Bill reacts. Bill's going to have to make a decision based off of, you know, what you tell him. But you can basically do anything that you want uh, through your narrative, either through the dialogue that you're reaching out to him with or by saying, you know, certain elements in the room change or what have you, you know, to, to try to help convince him. So it's, it's completely up to you. You've got full narrative control. Hmm. And then Bill, uh, you have the option to agree or to disagree. If you concede and decide to participate in the seance, then you'll receive uh, a plus one arc uh, for conceding. All right. Well, I think I, I um, well, I guess I know since I'm controlling this at this point, but um, I reach over and I take Bill's hands and I speak directly to him and tell him that this is, well, first of all, I, I bring the incense a little closer so that it fully affects his senses as he's listening. And I tell him how much this means to me to Julius and his experiments, to everyone in this town. But most of all, if he has regrets about anything um, with regard to those who passed, this might bring him some comfort. And we all really count on him to be a part of this. No, no shame or, or pushing, but we, we hope he'll be with us in this. And, um, and I do sort of hope, uh, I don't say this, but I, but I do hope that as, as I'm looking into his eyes, he sees my own glowing green eyes and thinks of those cubs and wishes that maybe he could go back in time and do something to help those, those, those baby cubs who just needed a little bit of help right now. This, this just, uh, I mean... I thank you all for bringing the food and everything, but uh, this just seems like uh, a little more than I bargained for for a for an evening evening uh, socializing. Uh, just just makes me uneasy. I don't know about this with the that phonograph thing that Doc has, and it just seems awfully strange. So, are you deciding not to participate? Um, <clears throat> I haven't decided, but I'm, I'm still hesitant. Do you want me to try to, should I try to, to have well, it go ahead? She already succeeded on the roll, right? So technically she, she succeeded on the roll, but it is up to the individual player as to whether or not he wishes to, mm-hmm. uh, to move forward. I guess the question then goes to Bill. If, if you don't wish to participate as far as holding hands and, and taking part in the seance, 
are you going to allow them to continue? And well, I mean, technically because she got the success, it does kind of force your hand into at least allowing them to continue, but you don't have to hold hands with them and you don't have to be in the room with them while they do it, but you could choose to be in the room and watch, or you could take a step outside. Well, I I think it's good enough for Bill to express his hesitance and and reluctance and sort of um, his feeling that, that the evening is not going the way that he thought it would go. But, you know, he appreciates Lillian's efforts and, you know, reluctantly participates and, and takes her hand and joins the circle, but still has sort of a uh, quizzical, reluctant look on his face. Okay. In that case, then you are conceding uh, to yeah. participate, but it's a, it's a reluctance and, and that's fine. So with that, you do still receive your plus one arc. All right. So now you're at plus three, I think, aren't you? Yeah. That's that's a lot of moves in uh, in one night there. <laughs> okay. So uh, Lillian, now it's up to you then to conduct the seance. And so that's the conflict now that you're going to have to overcome. Okay. How, how shall I overcome this? Uh, so this, again, you're rising. So... And this could be a flat move or it could be a rising move. So I think, I feel like this is, you're really kind of guiding the others here through the seance. So this would be a navigate others role, which is another personality role. Okay, four and six. And do you have any pluses on on personality? Four and six. Okay, so you've got 12 then, yes? I'm rising, maybe one more. Okay, so uh, that means that uh, you succeed in the seance and you have full narrative control. Uh, You'll gain another plus one arc and a plot point. Now, along with that, do I need to make a roll to see if this device affects her narrative it already does. Just, yeah, you've oh. you already made that roll, and so okay. it, it has activated. It's already, and, it's already and doing its, its thing. Okay, Got it's it. going to assist. Yes. Got it. Okay. So, uh, Lillian, with that in mind, any seance that you have held prior to this is now amplified tenfold. Uh, so, anything that you have ever seen or experienced in a seance prior to this night tonight is going to be the best seance you've ever had. (laughs) So you have full descriptive control over what it is that they see, what you lay out as far as the runes and so forth. And you basically tell them what it is that they see and hear and feel. So be as descriptive as you want, and you can create new things, introduce new plot points to the uh, uh, the narrative. It's all yours. Okay. Well, if I, if I don't do it justice, then anyone can jump in and let me know what they've seen, what they feel in the moment. It's very participatory seances. Um, and the, you know, we're, we're seeking to draw aside the supernatural veil separating 
the spirit world from our world. So if you feel comfortable closing your eyes for just a moment and taking a deep breath. And with your eyes closed, exhaling slowly. And when you open your eyes, we are here together. I'm actually relieved that um, I'm not having to use the phosphorus. The tesimeter creates its own eerie <clears throat> ambiance in the room. And everything seems electric. The, the glow of the fire is um, dancing against the walls of the, the Pueblo church. The incense fills the room at this point. And I, I start to shudder and I receive my first, uh, my first sign, having, having thrown out my, my letters um, for messages to be received. I sense that my hands are moving and I don't even notice it. Do the letters spell anything? It's the judge we buried. That's the, the spirit who's in this room? All right. I can feel him, but he's, he's not, he's not speaking clearly to me. The, um, wow, it's, it's very difficult to, to, um, it's very difficult to hear the voices. I think it's because Judge McCarthy is telling me that we have too many secrets and the spirits will not speak through him to me. The spirits require openness, and everyone in this room has not been fully honest. Well, I look forward. I want to tell you that McCarthy told me that he senses regret. Someone here has regrets. He senses deception, cowardice, grief. Manipulation and doubt. Does that ring true to anyone? A show of openness allow the spirits to feel comfortable speaking through us. Does what she said ring true to anyone? Well, I think I can, I can take credit for the regret. I, uh, I've killed a lot of men and, uh, I was kind of afraid of what I might see here, who might want to come to talk to me at this sort of thing. And uh, I just regret all the, uh, all the harm that I've caused, whether or not it was, it was always my fault or not. It always seemed to come out of me. And uh, that's, that's my piece. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the honesty. We know you've lived um, a life um, here. It's understandable that you have some regrets. Anyone else? Uh, Miss, Miss Tipple, not to put you on the spot, is there anything that you would like to share? Deception, grief, cowardice, manipulation, doubt. Well, 
I've been watching you all pretty closely, and I think I can uh, tell you some things about me that you probably didn't know. I'm not actually drunk, ever. My name is, uh, my name is Alice. I come from Chicago, and uh, I was hired by the marshal to, before he died, of course, to help him um, figure out when the Coyote Gang was going to come back to town to kill him. He knew they were coming back. He asked me to come. I came from Chicago, and uh, I failed him. I got the wrong information. It was too late, and the Coyote Gang came in the middle of the night and killed him in his bed. And I failed him. And I've been waiting for some people to come along to um, help me see what I can do to fix it. Um, after he died, I was recalled to Chicago to the Pinkertons, and I chose not to go. And I, I think that in this group, I think each one of you has something that you can bring and that we can once and for all get rid of the Coyote Gang and, and avenge all the deaths that have happened. Feels good to get that off my chest. That was unexpected. <laughs> well, I suppose as long as we're sharing, uh, I guess cowardice would kind of, I guess that would sort of describe me. I, I don't ever really do anything. I don't take a stand for anything. I just watch things happen, and then I try to wander through and patch things up and pick up the pieces a little bit, but I never do anything to make them better. I never do anything to make them worse either. I just sort of exist. And even trying to help tonight with those stupid cats, I couldn't even do that right. And I haven't told you guys, but I saw the doctor earlier today. Well... It looks like he has collar. And he's asked me to try to step into his place and to help out, and I don't think I can do it. I don't think that I know how to help. I don't think that I'm going to be able to step up and actually do anything for anybody that's not going to cause them harm or end up burying them six feet under the ground. So I suppose I'd just crawl back into my shop and just wait for another body to come through. I just... I just don't know what I can possibly do. I'm scared to do anything. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I mean, Bill, I mean, you seem like a brave fellow. How, when someone's coming to pick a fight with you, how do you, how do you not just shut down? Well, in uh, the line of work I've been in, if if you can call it that, that uh, shutting down is not really a, a choice. You know, it, you shut down, you get shot. It really just sort of becomes instinct after a while. And, uh, I guess the best you can do is force yourself to, to take some kind of action and get it to be a habit and uh, just develop yourself in that way, for better or worse. I suppose. 
But at my age, is there even any point in trying? Hey, it's better than not. I suppose. Dr. Drewis? I have to admit to manipulation. I tend to manipulate people to get my aims, including this tonight. I knew we would do a seance and I did it for research purposes. And I've always pushed those I love to side for my own, my own needs, my own research, my own aims. So um, I'd like to apologize to you all tonight for that right now. I will try to do better in the future. And what you say about color is very disturbing to, to me, both uh, on a personal and, uh, you know, and, and in terms of the research that I must achieve here. But I must carry on. But I am, again, sorry for bringing you all here under the pretense of a dinner with the goal of actually trying this tasimeter out on you and seeing what would happen. I power it down. But the tasimeter shudders, and we are back in the room. And the following message appears. And oh, can oh, can can't hide. Can't hide. The two ends. <laughs> McCarthy was not a man of letters. <laughs> and, and in quick succession, a number of other messages appear. Some, some make sense, some don't make sense. Cat <laughs> murder. <laughs> I don't understand uh, this one. There is celestial. celestial. And at the same time, I'm, I'm getting a strong, strong message from Judge McCarthy that they are coming. They're coming soon, a lot of them. And there, and there is some struggle for power connected with this celestial event. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but a, as we're sitting here and I, and I hear these things, the, the table begins to rock underneath us and the tasimeter seems to react with electric, um, electric signals. And, and the final message. Gone. Never gone. Never gone. What does that mean? Never. Never gone. Give you up? <laughs> Is that what that says? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and is the next one let you down? <laughs> Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. The celestial event came through so clearly and never gone. It is, I don't know, is that someone trying to, to speak to us from the past, from the great beyond that they're never gone? It could mean anything. I, I don't know. And I think I, I might be overcome by the fumes at this moment, but 
the, the table has been rocking back and forth and, and the shutters to a stop. And I, I'm, you know, I'm exhausted. I fall back in a bit of a faint and, and see what this might mean on the reactions of everyone's faces. Now, as you kind of begin to faint, uh, I'd like to throw something in here really quick. We've been watching the shadows dancing on the walls uh, in the light that is being cast by the tazimeter. And uh, some of these shadows begin to take almost a three-dimensional shape. A lot of, most of them are all behind Bill. They kind of peel themselves a little bit off of the walls, just a little bit. These shapes all kind of begin to form into one that stands behind Bill. And then just kind of dissipate right after that. Uh, so those of you that were looking in that direction, that would be pretty much everybody except for Bill. Bill's pretty much unaware of this, but you do see them staring behind you. And as you turn around, you see this kind of smoky, shadowy form that just looks human-esque in appearance, but just kind of floats away uh, as, as smoke. God damn it, I told you that I didn't want to do this. And, you know, there, there gotta be a bunch of people wherever you end up that, that aren't real happy with me. And I, I think, uh, I think y'all should probably go. This is, uh, this is, this is just what I was afraid of. Uh, I hear you say this, but do you realize that this, the success that we just encountered, this is an actual physical manifestation of, of people that, that I, killed that want to get back at yes, me yes I, yes I, I don't know that i would refer to that as a success doctor. we've broken we've broken through this dimension we've created some sort of portal of some kind even for just a moment of souls tortured souls that would like to have uh, a i'm sorry you that, that's not important do you realize how important it is that we've created a physical manifestation from another world from another dimension um, I'm afraid of space. I, I don't see the importance of that, Doctor. I, I think it, I don't know. I, I just need some time. Let, let's, uh, can we wrap this up? Well, I hate to say this, but, you know, I, I don't know if you've looked down at the tablecloth recently. <sighs> yeah, I knew it. And this, this was a bad idea. Uh, I'm really sorry, Bill. <laughs> I got a, I got a lot to think about, and I should, I should probably consider moving on again after all this. Uh, yeah, that's a, uh, that's not good. Uh, I, I just kind of, uh, kind of in a daze, just kind of, kind of wander over to a, a bench away from the group and just kind of sit down and, and uh, in my own thoughts. Well, Bill, I don't know. I don't know what the, the messages meant. I know they don't sound good. I don't know what this celestial event and, and the power have to do with anything, but I don't know if anything Miss Tipple said resonated with you, but I think we need you in this town. Uh, well, 
How many men are coming? How can we stand up to them with, with the, the best shot in the West? <laughs> we need your skills. Uh, well, I, I, I don't know what my skills, if, if that's what you can call them, are going to do you much good if some shadow devil thing drags me off to hell for what I did. Oh, you have no need to worry about that. That was just a momentary demonstration. It wasn't, there's was nothing going to grab you and take you off to hell or anything like that. Uh, it, it sure felt different to me, Doc. Well, I'm sorry you felt that way. It's <laughs> a great answer. Bill. If anybody is capable of helping to save this town, I have to believe it's you. You've proven that. I mean, with your past, past can be forgiven, so what? You do things, you accomplish things. You have to help. Miss Tipple, your, your name is Alice? Alice Frazier, from Chicago. I mean, I mean, Elias, I'm sorry I lied to you. Uh, that's just so much to process tonight. Uh, Alice, it's Miss Tipple, I don't, what, what do you want me to call you? I'm sorry. It's fine, but something brought you here, and, and something brought you here, Bill. I mean, we're all here for a reason, right? There's got to be something more than just sitting around and talking and holding hands. I mean, I mean, there was a message here. Something's happening, and we have to stop it. We can't do it on our own. We have to stop it together. Right? Right. We can't do it alone. I couldn't do it alone. I've got to atone for what happened with the marshal. And I mm. think we can do it. Bill, you've got to atone for your past. Perhaps this is a chance for you to do something good. Uh, I, I just don't know if more killing is the answer to so much killing already. Elias, it sounded to me like you were attempting to rally either the group or more specifically Bill. Yeah, I would say I'm falling, so probably try to enforce my will. I want to force him mm -hmm. to stay and join and you can make a flat move when you are falling. So uh, okay. you can oh, either can. do a, mm -hmm. so you can either do a rally or you can do a mm -hmm. condemn, but it sounded more like a rally to yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, so why don't you make a roll against Bill to attempt to rally him? So that's a morality roll. Oh, and I got zero. So do I roll that as well? <laughs> or? No, you're the recipient of that. So again, you get to make a choice, whether you concede or uh, stand up against him. Elias hmm. rolled a nine. A nine, okay. Well, a four and a five. So yes, I did the math. And you get you've got a plus zero on that, a right? Plus zero, which keeps it at a nine if you do the math. Really. It comes to me to narrate it, but there's not much to narrate. But you do feel the heartfelt need from Elias Bill to try to push what happened tonight aside and uh, maybe do your best to assist maybe 
not just this group, but the town as a whole. He maybe has appealed to your sense sense of duty in that respect. So again, it's up to you whether or not, and you don't have to decide tonight either. This may be something that you may want to sit on and and contemplate before you before you decide to move forward on it. Uh, but if you do decide to concede, then you may gain another arc uh, for doing so. Okay. Um, I do think I'll sit on that. And then that brings us to where do we go from here? So where do we go from here? <laughs> well, we need a plan. If someone, lots of people are coming. Lillian said many people are coming here. We don't know if that means the coyote gang or a whole new group of wanderers. Plus we got the cholera thing going on. That can spread very quickly if we're not careful. Did you say did you say people or was it just they or many are coming? So that that doesn't necessarily mean people. I mean that could be that could be the the souls that are coming to get me that could be that could be anything my telegram suggests that there's at least one person that i'm not looking forward to meeting coming to town are we safe up here uh it's a good vantage point above town that's why i picked it to begin with but considering what i saw tonight i don't know if can you be safe anywhere if it's people this is a good place to to defend but uh, if it's tortured souls, I don't know if this is any better than any place else. It is a church, run Touché. down as it may be. Dr. Julius. Yes. What are your thoughts on this matter? Look, my main concern is to get out to the desert and build this tesimeter as quickly as possible. I... I really don't want to get caught in the local politics of the town. I but, think you're caught in that whether you want to or not, Doc. Well, if I, I can help out in any way, I'm happy to help out. But I want, I'd like to get back to the research as soon as I can. Dr. Randolph, you've used your uh, machine at least one time to conduct a beam of light into the eyes of part of the Coyote Gang. I saw you that day. At the funeral, yes. after the funeral. Well, that was quite simple. That was that, like anybody could do that with like a stop, a, a, I mean, a, a pocket watch. Can you do anything? Can you build something that will be stronger, like a weapon that maybe the Coyote Gang wouldn't be able to fight against? They're pretty good with their guns. I could attempt it, but it could be very dangerous for us as well. The problem is the power of electricity is very hard to harness and focus, but we could give it a go. Well, what kind of supplies would you need? I would need coils. I would need metal. I would need wire, all things that we could find locally. We could do it. It would be something like a bomb, an electrical bomb. Well, there's plenty of, plenty of old junk up here at the ranch could uh take a look around in the morning and see what what we got we could do it but again i'd rather I'd rather use that time to build the device 
But if you need my assistance for this, I'm fine. I will help you with it. It would be a bomb, but it would create sort of an electromagnetic pulse that would go outwards. That's why it could be dangerous. Anybody in the vicinity, it could harm or do something else to. It's unpredictable. So it would be better if we were outside of town, correct? Away from well, if bystanders. You would have to clear out everyone, including anyone that you didn't want harmed by the blast, by the pulse. So I've never we, tried anything on this scale. It's theoretical at this point. It could work. It could work. Can't think of many things that would draw a huge number of people out to the outskirts of town, far from the city lights. Except and then keeping the people in town that you would want to be affected by the blast. Right. Only some incredible astronomical event of interest to the general public could entice people to take their picnics to the outside of town, far from the city lights. But I assure you it's dangerous. My partner, Jonathan, my research partner, was killed by such a blast in my laboratory. I'm very sorry to hear that. I'm just letting you know the danger of this. I'm not asking for your sympathy. Well, if you're willing, I think it's something we ought to try. Okay. What did those spirits mean about celestial? What's, what's going to happen? That may take some research. <laughs> and my guess it is also connected to those, those spirits you saw behind Bill trying to push into this world that we created with the, with the tesimeter. We created a connection to another world that could perhaps be celestial as well. Or as you said, Bill, it could be devils from hell. That's my guess. Doctor, you chose this spot for your experiment because of its exposure to the sun. Yes. That makes the Tazimeter more powerful? Mm -hmm. Well, this is just, what you see here is phase one. Actually, it's phase two. Uh, it's my first phase. The first phase one was done in Edison's office, but this is phase two. Phase three would be the one in the desert, which would be a hundred times as big as this one that would capture the power of the sun and, well, I hope create a rift in space and time. Are you it's talking theoretical, about a time machine? No, no, no. Well, I don't know what the rift would do. A portal, so to speak. We saw it here. You saw it happen behind Bill. Jules Verne that was, sort of things, right? That was a little step in the right direction, let's, shall we say. Lillian, with this additional power, would you have a clearer message from the spirits? It's possible, but I feel like, I feel like the work needs to be done here. That this problem is of this world, but the additional power from the spirit might shift the entire outcome. Well, that's a lot to think about. I feel like we've kind of moved to a point where there has to be some, some thought that uh, has to be put into this from all angles. Those of you that, are, that came in from town, are you planning to go back tonight or just camp out here for the evening and move back in the morning? I gotta go back tonight. Yes, I don't feel particularly comfortable spending the night on the floor of an old... Bill says don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> <laughs>
So do you feel like you want to adjourn for the evening and then regroup at some point? Probably. Sounds like a plan. Okay. And you're going to have to traverse back through the cave then to get back home. Over all yes. the cat bodies. <laughs> baby cat bodies. <laughs> and mama cat, too. Mama cat. That's true. Right there in front of the cave. Well, Bill, what do you uh, what do you want to do at this point? Um, I'm still kind of in a daze. I I really just kind of see the folks from town off and wish them well and agree to talk to them tomorrow. But he he he's pretty shaken by the by the the shadowy figure behind him earlier, and uh, he's he's really really just kind of in a daze. Not not paying a lot of attention to much, not saying much, really just kind of lost in thought and, and not, that doesn't have much to offer mm-hmm. right now. So as you are seeing them out, we'll say maybe that you open the front door to the church to, to let them out. Uh, and as you do, your voice in the distance that says, Bill McLean, is that you boy? Well, shit. Uh, yeah. Huh. Don't know that I'd recognize you under that beard. And you see standing in front of you. Rolling Hazard. And that'll be the cliffhanger for our next adventure. <laughs>